What brings you delight in life? Is there anything you can't seem to get enough of? God wants to speak to you and fill you with His delights. He invites you to come and feast on His rich food, grow strong on His truth. You are in for a treat. Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God's Word and respond to Him in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here. We're learning to listen to God's Word, to meditate on it, and then to respond to Him in a way that comes from our heart. And if you're new to our podcast, I invite you to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast provider. You're in a good place. This is episode 99 of First 15, and I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. In season three, we're praying through the book of Psalms, both some of our favorites as well as some that are lesser known or harder to pray. Now, we're not praying all of the 150 Psalms, but we have covered about 30 of them so far. And there is so much that we have gained already from this journey. In the middle of book five of the book of Psalms, that's Psalms 107 to 150, after the Hallel, Psalms 113 to 118, which we covered two of those in our last couple of episodes, there is Psalm 119. It is the longest psalm by far of all of the psalms. It's 176 verses long, just over a thousand words. In fact, it's longer than 10 entire books of the Bible. I admit, as we come to Psalm 119, this is one of the harder psalms to pray for a variety of reasons that we'll talk about. The intent of our podcast is to help us apply the truth of God's Word beyond the first 15 minutes into the rest of our life. We follow a four-step process. You can find details of that at wordofprayer.com. How do we approach Psalm 119? I admit I have my favorite verses that come to mind. The one from the King James Version, Psalm 119.105, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And then others that I learned growing up, like how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. That's verse 9. Or verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's also verse 89, your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. And there's verse 18, which I actually recommend as a short prayer that you can pray every time you open scripture. And it says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. That's Psalm 119, verse 18. So these are some of my favorite verses from Psalm 119. Should we look upon this, the longest psalm, like a collection of poetry where we get to pick our favorite lines from it? I don't think we should pick our favorite lines, although there's nothing wrong with having some favorite verses that we like to go to. But we miss out on the much bigger, deeper message that God wants to speak to us. And I hope to tune you in to some of those things that I've discovered through my own reading and meditation and study over the years. I've had my share of difficulties with Psalm 119. It focuses intently on God's law. But as a Christian, 
I'm not under the law of Moses. I live under God's grace. So all those references to the law don't quite work for me. Besides the law, there's things like commands, statutes, judgments, decrees, and other words as well that are synonyms for the law. Many of these verses seem so similar and that the repetition over and over becomes a little tiresome, honestly. Let me back up a little bit, though. I may have shared some of this in previous episodes, but I really discovered the Psalms almost for the first time in the 1990s when I was living in Singapore and working for the church. I started praying through the Psalms often and trying to let them teach me how to really talk to God, how to relate more authentically to Him in prayer. Psalm 119 was one of the harder Psalms to tackle. The length of it, for one thing, and also the repetition that I've mentioned already, those are two obstacles. I couldn't really get into it or fully appreciate it apart from my 10 or so favorite verses that resonated with me. So I would kind of read over verses until I got to one of those favorite verses and then I would, you know, my heart would kind of warm up and I would really get something from it. And then I would soldier on and read more verses as I was working through the book or the Psalm 119 and and actually reading through the Bible. Many verses I treated the same way. In 2014, I returned to Psalm 119 and I started to meditate on this remarkable chapter. I ended up translating the psalm from Hebrew and really paying attention to the words, the lines, the overall structure and message of the entire psalm. And it really has 22 parts to it, one each for the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. It's an acrostic, and we'll talk more about that on another episode. But I started to see an intricate design and some patterns and themes began to emerge from my time of meditating and study. I decided I'd write a book to help others at that time, and then other obligations got in the way, life happened, and I put it on the shelf for the next few years. With more years of experience and with my wife's urging, I've recently decided I'm going to tackle this and and write that book and get that out. So I share all of this personal background as an encouragement to you. Our path to God and our ongoing walk with God in daily life is sometimes interrupted. It's put on hold or we get turned around. The important thing is to get back on the path. We're going to start today by listening to the first 16 verses of Psalm 119, which really serve as an introduction to the entire psalm. So these first 16 verses out of 176 really introduce us to the themes that are going to emerge and that we'll we'll unpack in the following 160 verses. So listen now to the first 16. Blessed is the blameless way of those walking in Yahweh's teaching. Blessed are those keeping his testimonies, seeking him with all their heart. Indeed, they don't do wrong. Instead, they walk in his ways. You have commanded that your precepts be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways were firm in keeping your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly 
abandon me. That's the first eight verses. That's the Aleph stanza. And we're going to move into the second one, the Beit stanza, verses 9 through 16 now. How can a young person keep their way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've hidden your sayings in my heart so that I won't sin against you. Blessed are you, Yahweh. Teach me your statutes. I have declared with my lips all the judgments of your mouth. I rejoice in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and focus on your ways. I delight myself in your statutes. Do not let me forget your word. Psalm 119 may be one of the latest psalms written in the entire collection. We know that because some of the vocabulary, some of the words used are from a later period in the Hebrew language, uh, probably after the exile. And the devotion to God's law fits with the time after the exile when God's people gave a lot more increased and intensive attention to the law. It certainly has connections with other psalms that we've already listened to, like Psalm 1 and Psalm 19. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2, I'll just remind you, says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But their delight is in the law, or the Torah, of Yahweh. And on his law, they meditate day and night. That's the first two verses of Psalm 1. And there's a lot of similarity to the way Psalm 119 begins in that, at least in terms of the ideas, the themes, even some of the words used. Now listen to Psalm 19, verses 7 and 8. The law, or Torah, of Yahweh is perfect. It gives new life and strength. The testimonies of Yahweh can be trusted and give wisdom to the untrained and inexperienced. The instructions of Yahweh are right and straight, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of Yahweh are clean and pure. They make the eyes light up. I could go on with verse 9, which gives us two more terms for God's word in Psalm 19. The point is that Psalm 119 takes ideas and themes already expressed and extends them, elaborating and helping us to truly experience them on a deeper and richer level. We'll see, in fact, that Psalm 119 has 10 different terms for God's law or God's word. And it's part of the repetition of these through the 22 stanzas that lets us settle into a rhythm, into a meditative posture before God and really delve into his law, but through his word to really understand God's very nature. The language of delight and joy of longing is just unmistakable in Psalm 119. It leads us to move beyond the head, and to embrace God and his word with our full heart. Just look at the first three verses again with me. It says, Blessed is the blameless way of those walking in Yahweh's teaching. 
Blessed are those keeping his testimony, seeking him with all their heart. Indeed, they don't do wrong. Instead, they walk in his ways. But then there's a switch. There's a change after verse 3. It goes from describing these people or this person in the third person, and it becomes a first person prayer. In verse 4, you, talking to God, You have commanded that your precepts be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways were firm in keeping your statutes. And for the rest of Psalm 119, it continues this first person sort of dialogue with God, a prayer addressing God as you and talking about my issues, my concerns, my longing, my failures, all of it. And so the first three verses of Psalm 119 do set us up as a sort of introduction. It pronounces a double blessing on the person who holds up God's word, God's law, as the way that they are going to walk in, that they are choosing as their life path. And it says they don't do anything wrong in making that choice. In in fact, it's a way of stating the opposite, saying this is the way that all humans should go. This is the way that you should choose. You don't do wrong by doing this. In fact, this is the right way to go. They walk in his ways. And Then later on in verse 6, it says, Then if I were keeping your statutes, and I was firm in that, in verse 6, it says, Then I would not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. Now, the whole idea of shame, I know, is not very popular today. We don't like to talk about shame, or we really want everyone to feel accepted, and, and no one should have a sense of shame often. But, you know, God doesn't deal with us that way. God says there is a rightful place for shame And in verse 6, when it says, I would not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments, I know for myself, when I look at God's law, when I read God's word, and I see God's standard, I see what God expects of us, and I compare that to my life, I compare that to my failings and my sin, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that I don't measure up. I don't seem to reach the, the ideal of what God wants from me. And thank goodness, I don't have to on my own power. It's only by Jesus and by identifying myself so fully with him, accepting him as my Lord, that his righteousness becomes my righteousness. And I don't have to measure up on my own power. And I don't have to be ashamed as a permanent posture before God. Of course, I'm going to experience some shame when I look at it and and compare the gap between where I am and where God wants me to be. But in Christ, in Jesus, I'm there. That's what God counts for me. And so there's this tension between what God has declared, and it is the truth, and also what I am actually identifying with in my life, how I'm living, and whether I'm really embracing that fully. So this is just one of those examples where the, the words on the surface are, are kind of simple, but as you ponder them, as you meditate on them, There's so much that opens up. There's riches there for us to really grab hold of and to take into our own life. The first stanza, or the first eight verses, focus on the blessing of walking in God's ways and setting a firm intention to embrace all of God's law or teaching. The second stanza, verses 9 through 16, brings up what happens as soon as we do this. We have to face our sin, our tendency to wander, to get serious about purifying our hearts. That's what the second stanza is about. It's not all serious and grim, though. 
When we do this, when we get serious about purifying our hearts before God, there is joy. There's new focus or what it calls meditation. There's delight in the path. That's the last three verses, verses 14, 15, and 16. They all hit those high points. Delight, joy, focus, or meditation on what is God's goodness for us. There is just, there's too much here to exhaust it all. We won't be able to cover a lot in this series, this part of season three, as we go into Psalm 119. But we're going to spend several episodes on this. But God doesn't leave us alone in the journey. He's not forsaking us. He wants a relationship with you. His word speaks freshly to you when you listen and long for him. I hope you'll find that true for yourself as you use Psalm 119 to grow your faith and make God's word your delight. Will you join with me in prayer now? God, your word is powerful, eternal, it's rich, it convicts us, and it's also comforting. We have so much to gain by listening and drawing close to you. Purify our hearts, open our eyes, and lead us in your ways. Take us further than we've ever been before. Bless us, Lord. We bless your name. Amen. I'm going to invite you for the application Besides whatever else you choose to do to apply this truth into your life, I'm going to invite you during the rest of the time that we're doing Psalm 119 to write out one stanza each day. So take eight verses and write it out by hand. Get a journal, get a notebook, do this. I really encourage you to physically write this out. Just take time to write out eight verses and use that as a time of meditation. Meditate on the words. Maybe focus on one of the verses that speaks to you, that you carry with you into the rest of the day. But write out eight verses or one stanza per day as your own form of kind of warming up and getting ready for the meditation that you're going to carry on throughout the day. Thanks for listening. I'm going to ask if you would like to share the experience of writing out and meditating on the Psalms with a group of like-minded people. If so, check out my Twitter channel at wordofprayer1515 or go to the website at wordofprayer.com to get details on how to join in a community experience. And I hope to finish the first draft of God's Word, My Delight, the book I talked about earlier, my book on Psalm 119. If you would like to be a reader and give comments or feedback, get in touch with me, please. I encourage you in the meantime to get a copy, if you don't have it already, of God Help Me Grow, Learning to Pray Through the Psalms on Amazon, and there's a link to it in our show notes. God's Word is alive and at work within us when we receive it. Walk in His ways today.